Aloha, and welcome to Wisdom Dialogues with Hope Johnson, coming to you from Hawaiian Sanctuary on the beautiful Big Island of Hawaii. Yes, oh, after two weeks, oh my goodness. <laughs> and what a two weeks that was. It was so amazing. So as some of you know, I was going to be hanging out with my little brother, my little brother and his family and his friends. That's why I was taking a couple weeks off Wisdom Dialogues, okay, because they're coming to the island. So they got a place over there in the Kona side. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll show you guys around. I'll show you guys all the cool shit. It's going to be fun. We're going to be awesome. Um, And, you know, just all the stories. And the next thing I know, nope, you're not doing anything. You're actually not doing anything. You're going home and you're laying around. (laughs) So I'm cruising out of my driveway, going to Kona. I'm following my brother to Kona, right? And I get a text from my mom letting me know my dad just passed away. So, yeah, like as I'm leaving my driveway. So I get to the gate and and my brother is holding the gate for me. And I'm like, hey, mom just texted me. She told me that my dad just died. And he, like, gets this ghostly white, like, just like, oh, my God. I'm like, no, not your dad. This is my (laughs) half-brother. My dad. (laughs) He's like, oh. I'm like, I know, right? Okay. So so I'm crazy. And I got this this cute little uh, teenage guy next to me, you know. He's, I'm thinking, you know, this is my, this is my nephew. We'll probably, like, be having a conversation. No, not at all. He's on his electronic stuff. He's doing his thing. He's totally in his its own. So then the thought occurs to me, um, since I don't have a kid to talk to to distract myself away from it, (laughs) (laughs) I do not give a shit that my dad died. And not in a detached spiritual kind of way. It's kind of more like, uh, fuck that guy. You know, like he abandoned me. Fuck him. Right. So I'm noticing, I'm going, okay, that's definitely, you know, one way, one way I like to describe this self that speaks like that. No, fuck him. He abandoned me. That's the self we made with the ego. So it's not innocent or guilty. It's not really doing anything. It's just reacting. It's reacting in patterns, okay? So, so it's like knowing that this is the self I made with the ego talking right now then I can actually protect that self I made with the ego from the ego, right? From the ego's attacks. Um, so, so it's like I'm watching that play, and it is kind of like a play. It's like a back and forth. It's like, oh, but this is so juicy. Look what he did to that cute little girl. He just left her and went to a whole other time, and the whole story, right? Um, and, and so it's kind of like a back and forth, kind of like a tug of war like that, right? So... You know, I show up at the house. I'm feeling good. I know there's something that work out. You know, that needs to work itself out. I don't have to try to do anything about that. I know I don't have to try to do anything about that. Meanwhile, I'm in a go, 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 go kind of mindset because my family's here and they're friends, and I'm stoked to show them around the island, right? Uh, and so I'm talking with my friends. I'm talking with my new friends. One of my friends lets me know that, she, you know, during the conversation, it just pops up. 
she cannot stand feet. She, she does not like feet at all. Like even her husband's feet gross her out. Like if they get on her during sex, like it's over. She's not even turned on anymore. So, <laughs> so I'm just like, okay, you know, like for me, everything is a teaching, like everything anyone says, right? I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. You know, I, I, like listen to things, you know? And so, and, and so I, I've, some of the people in the group come home and they were just shopping at Costco for things that they're going to eat for the week, right? And I had just come back from a farmer's market where I got some things that I thought we might eat, you know, wasn't going to supply the whole week, but I wasn't interested in their, in their food. That's the bottom line. I was not interested in Costco food. So I got a lighter from my father-in-law and I went out for a smoke, okay? There's the ocean right there. Beautiful. Um, moon, stars, palm trees. It's like a postcard. It's really gorgeous, but it's really dark. It's new moon. Okay. So that's the kind of moon we have. It's dark. (laughs) I saw a sunset, which is rare if you live on the side. (laughs) So I'm standing out there. I noticed that there's a sense of unease and I'm like, okay, okay. So I go, okay, I'm just going to sit down here. And I'm standing on a concrete ledge, and I go to, to step down to the lower ledge. Now, mind you, I have great balance. I, uh, I'm a yoga practitioner. I, like, have yoga every day uh, on the norm, right? Uh, but in this instance, it seemed like I miscalculated where that step was. And I went on a tumble, and I ended up falling right on my tailbone. This what what went on with the foot. It's like, it looks like a sharp piece of lava maybe got, caught it right there as I fell. And then my whole body weight like went down that way because it stretched like all the way up to the knee. <laughs> but it didn't tear or anything, it just stretched. Anyways, I'm laying there in the dark. Okay, it's dark. Um, somehow my phone, I don't know where, where it was, but um, somehow I had my phone. I was able to put the light on the smoke and the, and the lighter. And so I knew where they were. I put them up on the ledge. But first, the, when I was laying there, it was like, oh, I'm hurt. And it was like, ah, thank you. Like the gratitude was first, first, first. And that was one thing I noticed. I was just like, ah, like nothing's wrong, you know, because the gratitude reminds you that Every instant of everything you experience is for you. It establishes in your mind that it's right and not wrong. See? And basically, that's a miracle. That's why it stood out to me. Because it just, uh, you know, it's like it unravels a pattern that says, oh, fuck. What did I do? You're like reliving it a bunch of times, trying to figure out how you could have done that and everything. You know? What did I even do? And it's just like, you get what you need every single time. You're just always getting what you need, you know? And it just showed that to me so clear. It's not like you can do anything to prevent it. That's the thing. You can't do anything to prevent the lessons that are coming. That's the thing. What you can do is learn how to establish what's true in your mind in those moments where it seems like something is wrong so that you go through all those kinds of things calmly. It's not to stop them from happening. It's not to try to stop them from happening. That's a, you know, a lot of people are misguided on that, thinking that they 
um, will be able to stop something that they need to experience from being experienced. Nothing even happens. It's dream. Okay. That's why whatever you need is going to be given to you in the dream because it's a dream of awakening. It's given to you exactly as needed to wake you up. So there in the dark, I realize I can move. Okay. I'm thinking, should I move? Because I seem pretty mangled right now, right? And I think about screaming, but then I realize no one will hear me. There's an ocean right there. People in the house just got their groceries. They're putting them away. They're listening to music. They're talking. No one would hear me if that went down. So I go, okay. So I got up and I just groped around until I found a way to walk up, you know, so I could feel it because I was kind of in a hole. It was five feet. Mm. from that thing i know i fell right on basically my butthole i mean because that's what's numb that's how i know <laughs> like i never I, I never had that before but that was definitely yeah i was like well that thing's pretty strong <laughs> took a good one <laughs> So, so I climb out, I climb out and I walk and I, and there's blood everywhere. I mean, this thing, especially on the top of my foot is just like blowing up and it's bleeding like crazy. And then on the bottom of my foot, like this whole toe right here, like this whole thing was bottom of my big toe was, was like a flap. Like they were able to like clean up it. So, so I walk and it's like blood everywhere. My, and then I get to see my brother. I see him through the, through the sliding glass door and I go, Hey, Pasquale, can you help me out over here? <laughs> so he comes out. He's like, what? <laughs> the thing looks gory. It was pretty wild. Uh, so he's like, let me help you to a chair and then get a first aid kit. So and then all the people start coming around from inside the house. They're like, oh, my goodness. They're like, emergency, emergency. So the whole time, all I'm doing is, of course, I got this going on where it's throbbing and doing things and looking really weird, okay? <laughs> but at the same time, calming the energy, like continually calming the energy. Some people are, are stressed out and stuff like that and, and uh, you know, just letting them know, oh, it's okay. It's perfect for me, you know? It's, a, it's perfect for me, you know? And, and, and not being apologetic or whiny or anything like that because I know it's perfect for them too. Like every lesson is for everyone, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and, and just like loving the people up, like being with the people, being with my friends, basically in this way, this is the way I'm being with my friends right now. It's not like there's anything wrong with it. Right. Um, so there was a suggestion that I go to the, uh, uh the emergency room or the clinic or something like that, because that didn't look so good. And, uh, I was like, well, you know, I don't think you guys want to do that on your vacation. It's pretty, you know, you guys had to wear masks in there and everything. And I doubt that the, like, the first thing I need right now is, like, to limit my oxygen while that's going on. <laughs> I'm like, I can't see it. If you guys have to take me there, I understand. No problem. Um, uh, but I can't see it. What do you think? And so they start cleaning it out. And they, like, get the rocks out and everything. And, um, and... My brother's wife is Mexican, so she has like, these traditional kind of things where she does something with onion, and she starts doing that. And then the woman, who's their friend who I just met, says, is there anything I can do for you? And me, not even remembering the conversations from earlier, I asked her to rub my resin-infused olive oil on my feet. <laughs> and then, so, so 
so there she is rubbing it on my bloody feet. <laughs> Both of them were bloody. This one not as bloody as that one. That one's all good now. Uh, uh, she, and she goes, and she looks at me and she goes, Hope, I want you to notice that I'm rubbing your feet. And I'm like, I, I feel so honored for that. Thank you. <laughs> they were just so sweet. I, I was like, I was just touched by how, all the sweetness. Even the two-year-old, she was hanging around watching what they were doing to my foot. And her mom was trying to get her to do, go, go to bed. And she was like, I got to watch the blood. <laughs> she, she loved it. Everyone and uh, oh, and and one one funny part too. The uh, the dad, the father in law. He like before he cleaned it. He goes, "You have to drink this tequila." I think it was tequila. I don't even remember what hard alcohol it, it was. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to drink the tequila. And then he's like trying to get me to drink more tequila, but I don't drink tequila that fast. You know, <laughs> like I'm just sipping on it. <laughs> and then I realized once he shot the water up the flat while he wanted me to drink a bunch of tequila, <laughs> it was like, I had a primal scream come out when that thing went. I, it was like, ah, and it was amazing because I wasn't, I wasn't familiar with the feeling. I was not familiar with that feeling, whatever it was. I just have to take that in. And so then he does it again, and I just read through it, just because it's familiar now. You know, it's like the feeling, it's like a shock. It reminds me, and it's all emotional. Even physical pain is just fear coming up. That's all it is. So it doesn't matter what the cause seems to be. Someone can be using a knife and going like that at you. It's still your emotional pain. Like it's manifesting the person and everything. Like there cannot be any pain unless there's guilt in the mind. And there's guilt in the mind, there's pain. That's why this life is for awakening. Okay, that's why the Buddha said life is suffering. Okay, uh, so it's like the, the, the pain's always going to keep on repeating itself until the underlying cause is resolved so so it doesn't mean you're trying to resist pain that's the that's the misunderstanding that the ego gets with this it's not like you're trying to resist or run away from from pain you're grateful for all of your pain you love your pain because it shows you where you need the light to come in always gives you exactly what you need see and that's really the way to resolve it. You just get more and more freedom in your mind. You don't mind what seems to be manifesting. So, you know, for me, it was just a luxurious thing and fun. You know, um, there were definitely some parts where it got really uncomfortable. Like when I got up at three in the morning, I couldn't get myself to the bathroom. That thing was so trippy and intense that I could not even get off the bed to crawl to the bathroom. That was not going to happen. So um, I texted my sister-in-law. I told her I needed to go to the bathroom. She didn't respond. I'm in a house full of people. So then I have some intensity where I have like a bladder that's full and a foot that's throbbing. And you know, it's like gratitude works for that too. It, 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 any kind of uncomfort, any kind of discomfort, um, pain, anything like that, it's like you go to embracing the pain. And really, I learned that through my third childbirth where it was I was training to be to have a painless childbirth Ooh. it was called hypno babies okay did it work oh yeah and it, it worked on so many levels because 
it was, it was like after that, I was having so many unravelings and awakenings about how things work. You know, how about how our mind works with matter like that. Um, and it was just like, wow, if I can have a childbirth without pain, my experience was they were pretty freaking painful, the first two. Um, and then I can go through anything without, without suffering. Because what was going on with the hypno babies is not that you're running away from feeling the effects of apparently a head coming out of your vagina, right? And all the way through, I mean, really. But you're going into the feeling and you're embracing the feeling like you're much larger than that feeling. And, you know, I'm practicing every day up to the day in meditation um, about pain being a manifestation of fear, okay? So in seeing that it's a manifestation of fear, there's willingness in the mind to make some space and open up and embrace that sensation. So the sensation was still there. It was not numb to the sensation. Sensation was totally there. I felt it more than I felt it in any of the other two. In either of the other two, I felt it more. It's just that I didn't feel it as pain. It wasn't being interpreted as pain. The waves, there was pressure, what's called contraction, you know, they gave a different terminology too because your mind takes contraction and goes, contraction. We don't want to contract. We want to relax through it, right? And that's what's going on. It's like this big, huge muscle is contracting like this and the person's thinking of it, of it as pain and they're resisting against it. See, so they changed the wording to a birthing wave. Oh, there's a birth, birthing wave. Now it's time to relax, basically. So it's like, oh, there's pressure in the bladder and there's a throbbing foot. Now it's time to relax. That's what time it is. It's not time to freak out. It's time to relax, right? So another hour goes by and then I text my husband. I don't hear from him. So I go, okay, it's probably time for him to come get me anyways. So I um, send the find my iPhone alarm to his phone to blast his phone, right? He doesn't even, know, he doesn't even know, notice I did that. He just gets it and turns it off. He's like, oh, thank goodness. She texted me. I wasn't sleeping. I wanted to go get her. Okay, I'm going. Um, so my husband comes, and um, by that time, well, I think actually he came and took me to the bathroom. Yeah, he did. He t- came and took me to the bathroom when he got there at like six, seven. I don't know what time it was. <laughs> but, but, um, but, it, but, you know, it's all good. Even at 630, the dad, the dad of the friend came in to get his son to go, go golfing. And I just didn't even want to like, I don't know. It just absorbs back in or something. <laughs> I don't, hey, I have to go to the bathroom. Nope. I was like, no, don't need to do that. I was just chill out here a little longer. That's what the pee drinkers say. Is that what they say? Fuck yeah, the they, blood like, just absorbs it right. It back just absorbs it right, right back. back in the body. That's, yeah, 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 we get all we get all stressed out, yeah. and it seems like you really have to release that pee. You know, it's funny. You actually don't. No, it just goes back. In. It's freaking yeah. weird. The same thing mm-hmm. goes with poo. Like if you're constipated, it's not like we'll take care of it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. People say that's really bad for you, but nothing's bad for you. Nothing's ever bad for you. Don't even believe in that kind of bullshit. This body is not even present. It's not here. You're present. The body is not present. Body is the past playing out. 
Okay. So we, we tend to like look at our, our, our things like, Oh, am I sleeping enough? Am I doing this enough? Am I drinking enough water? Am I eating enough protein? Am I doing this? <laughs> you know what that does? You know what that does? It makes it so you can't contemplate. Your mind is too busy. You can't get insights because you're blocking everything out. It's meaningless bullshit. That this stuff makes no sense. It makes no sense because you're projecting a body. It's not vulnerable to anything in the world, really. You make it vulnerable with your thoughts. In it. But you know what? It's not even something that can be vulnerable because it's a projection. It, it's, it's made to seem like it is. It's made to seem that way. There's nothing you can do about it. You know, we like to uh, blame stuff on, stu- on, on stuff. Like, say you fall, right? Like this one. Uh, fell in a hole in the lava on a new moon. <laughs> right after your dad passed away. <laughs> you know, you get the perception of falling and think that something went wrong. What people don't, uh, what people don't embrace and open up to embracing is that whenever you fall, it is more of an advancement. It always is. The fall is always more of an advancement. The thing is, so we're trained to look at it as the opposite. And in that way, we close ourselves off to the gifts in it. Always, you know, it, it's interesting because I knew that always, um, like back when I was in business and I felt like I was a super conventional kind of person, like, like a run-of-the-mill kind of systemite, regular-ass person, right? And I'm, and, and, and I'm like over there doing my thing, and I'm thinking... What in the world? I know that everything that happens is awesome. Why is my husband so bummed out that his brother just quit the company? I was like, how could it not be awesome? I just knew. How could it not be awesome? You know, it's like we have these drives. We have these desires and drives that are really the desire for wholeness. And, you know, the way we were living our lives was not something that we, that we were happy about. It felt like slavery, actually. It was more like, okay, you got to go to work to pay the taxes to do this and then do this and then do this and uh, traffic everywhere and, you know, smog and stuff like that. And, you know, it's like we were, there's always like something driving you towards something else and everything that occurs in your life is perfect for that. So it's like, one condition that we have is to not like where we are and also want to hold on to it because we're afraid of what might be coming. See? And, and like these events that come set up, get set up in your life, they're always leading to whatever might be coming. So my husband shows up at the house, and man, is he handsome. Oh, my goodness. This is like the, uh, uh, the typical like knight in, shine, in shining armor kind of scene. This guy comes in. He's big, he's dark, he's handsome. He comes over, picks me up, takes me down the stairs, puts me in his big black truck. It's all got pillows and stuff for my foot to go up. I'm like, ah. He's like, I really came as your knight in shining armor, didn't you? And I was like, yes, you did. Thank you for playing. He loves it. <laughs> he loves it. This is like it's, it's like rolls, and you know, it's like even only if you want to. Like I called him the night before, 
And I was trembling when I called him, you know. Um, It's like where I hit on the backbone, as soon as I was brought over to a lawn chair, um, I realized, I don't know if that's a tailbone or basically seems like my butthole. Like it's right (laughs) there. So it's kind of like going up my back a little bit too. So I'm going, wow, this is like really uncomfortable. I wonder if I'm going to be able to even lay here. And then all of a sudden my body starts trembling, like a really good tremble, like a pretty good, good tremble. And I was on the phone with my husband when it started trembling. He's like, are you drunk? And I was like, no, uh, not yet. Like, I haven't started on tequila, tequila yet. Yeah, I didn't even know I was getting tequila at that time. <laughs> I was like, no, this is how I sound because, you know, it's kind of major. It's kind of major. And he's like, well, get some rest. If it's still something, I'll be there in the morning. And so, you know, I'm looking at it and I'm going, yeah, that's like real fast. This occurs really fast. I can push it. I can tell him, get your fucking ass over here right now, you know. And then I'm looking around and it's just like really fast. Like, no, these people are taking care of me. I'm like, oh, it's all good. We got, I got some really sweet people taking care of me. And I did. It was perfect, you know. So it, it, it's, it's fun to point that out because, um, you know, uh, a lot of times it's just a reaction that, oh, you're going to abandon me, for instance. I mean, the, the stuff about my dad just coming up, uh, the abandoning me stuff, right? And it's like, you know, you know, you could see the plays. You could see these intricate little plays. Oh, there's one of those hooks that he's abandoning you. And it's like, I didn't really see that till after. But in the moment, I was just like, oh, I, you know, I don't need your ass till tomorrow. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and, it's, and it's just like, you see how the patterns, it's, it's just like this. All day long, you guys, uh, it keeps on coming back all day long. It's amazing that you trembled. You shook. Because, you know, the, I just found out, like, yesterday that dogs do that. Uh-huh. And animals do that. Uh-huh. Like a, like a lion got this one. Uh, elk or something, mm-hmm. and then it didn't eat it, mm-hmm. and release it, it's all on video, you know, and they shake real quick. So you have like the instinctual way of how to release it because you're not holding up the story. I feel right. like a lot of people just buckle down into the trauma. Yeah. It, you know, but you got it out of your body like so naturally. Yeah, because after that, there was no problem laying on my back. I was completely comfortable laying on my back. I was like, wow, it's like it just like trembled that stuff right out. It went right out of your b-hole chakra. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did, did the b-hole chakra yeah. sound? I mean, it was, it was still, the, the, the thing was still definitely uncomfortable. Right now, it's pretty darn, I mean, I can sit on my seat. So that's pretty nice. Um, it, it's, right now, it's pretty darn comfortable, but it was not super comfortable um to like get around crawling was incredibly oh my gosh i was stoked because i had to crawl up the stairs and it was such a workout like it was an ab workout and everything and the tailbone and it was like the tailbone was like barely making it oh it was amazing i loved it i love sensation all sensation you know and you know someone might hear me say that and go watch out you're gonna bring on more of that it, that's not possible. That's really not possible. You guys, I've been talking about like, I've been talking like this for years and years and years. <laughs> I haven't even experienced anything like this. Well, next to childbirth, you know, you're laying around for a while since I was 10, you know, <laughs> like that kind of stuff. I've been talking like this for a long time. Okay. It's not like it brings around more stuff and it might even be the opposite because you might be getting lessons that eliminate the the need 
for certain what's called karma. Um, which is basically, you know, not to be confused as if there's actually a past and you have to live some karma out. It's more like you have these beliefs that are kind of wrapped around um, this sense of self that need to unravel. Those things need to unravel. So it's like if you haven't unraveled to this point at this point, then you need this kind of thing to intercede and help you unravel. You know, and I look at it like that. It's so luxurious. You know, I go home and it's like, oh, my whole calendar is cleared, right? <laughs> I was just going to be play- hanging out with people for those, for all those days. My whole calendar is cleared now and I can't move. Initially, I was not moving by myself for three days. I didn't even look at that thing. I didn't even want to know about it. I just laid there. For three days. I thought that was so luxurious. <laughs> I was like, I love how you just get what you need. <laughs> I mean, there's no like reading or anything. It's just laying there and enjoying that beautiful time too, you know, and enjoying all the insights and the closeness with my father too. It's like when there was the sense of him being in a body there was this sense that he judged me. You know, of course I made him like that. And it was a sense like, oh, he doesn't, he thinks I'm going to go to hell. You know, he actually sent an email like that. That's why I thought that. (laughs) But, you know, still I'm making it up. Right? I mean, even if you get an email from someone, you're still making it up. That's the point to see that you're still, it's a story. They're still making up the story. So my dad didn't really hold any judgment against me. I projected that for him. He was holding on to some judgment that had nothing to do with me. And I couldn't, while he was in a body, communicate with him um, in the way that felt really open and heart-centered and stuff like that. Now that he doesn't seem to be in a body, did I say he was in a body? No one's ever in a body. That's misspeaking. No one's ever in a body. He seemed to have a body at one point, And then he didn't seem to have a body anymore. No one goes in there. <laughs> he projects it, and then he's not projecting. His mind withdraws the projection. When he's not projecting a body, a body is kind of like uh, armor. Okay? And when we, uh, when we think we see a body, and we see it in a lot of different ways, it's a sense, you know, we sense a body. Um, and, you know, the thoughts that go along with a body, like judgment or anything like that, think we see a body, we're not seeing what's actually there. All of that, all of that stuff is a call for love, a call for love in your own mind. So, of course, you know, I love, I love awakening and I love um, everything that has to do with uh, reality and, and, and focusing and stuff like that. So whenever it would seem like lack of love when my dad would pop up, like I'd get a sad feeling some birthdays, not all birthdays, when my dad didn't call me for my birthday. He never calls me for my birthday. Never, never does. Um, But it's like, oh, there's this sense like I'm not complete without my dad calling me for my birthday. So when that sense comes up, I notice that I'm projecting the sense. That's all. And I let myself get the feeling. So I can only learn as much as I'm willing to learn in that moment. And willingness, is a t- it's, it takes time. 
this willingness kind of gets established over time as fear is erased. So it opens it up for a nice connection. Um, and the, and the death thing was like, oh my goodness, I, the body being gone, I did not mind that at all. I haven't had an experience where I've ever minded a body being gone from my, um, uh, from my experience at all, even like living in a different state or something like that. The missing thing, it just doesn't do it for me. It just feels like faking to me. Um, so, so I don't really go to that place. So that wasn't really surprising, but the sense that, you know, there was some kind of animosity for him. I didn't realize that until that moment and noticing that this self I made with the ego is like, Oh, you abandoned me. And so that's like an underlying kind of like pattern that plays so we're getting, we're getting more in tune with what patterns are playing for us so we can see them. And in seeing them and opening up to allowing ourselves to feel, that's how they get resolved. See, all the resistance, all the running away is afraid of a feeling. Like someone tells me, I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to pay the rent. Okay, you are afraid of a feeling. Okay. Uh, it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. I, I mean, the circumstances, they'll get helped on it as, as they need. All the circumstances will get helped as they, they need. But you thinking that you can't pay the rent, that's actually a pattern. And you are watching your reaction to that pattern. That's what's going on. So if you'll use it for that, it takes on a whole different thing. You're really grateful for the perception that you can't pay the rent. For one... It takes a lot more energy to make a perception that you can't pay the rent than to make a perception that you can pay the rent because you naturally have everything. So you're giving yourself uh, an intense experience for a really darn good reason. So in that you can appreciate the, uh, the idea that you can't pay the rent. Like it really doesn't matter what it is. It takes into the same thing. Yeah, Jerry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jerry came to laugh it up. I know that. <laughs> no better place to be in a Friday afternoon when you're on the big island, right? <laughs> Even if a jackfruit gets all over you, I lost. I lost a fight. You must jackfruit. be sticky right now. <laughs> well, I took a shower. Oh, okay. So. You look awesome, by the way. Yeah, I was going to say for an old dude, but that's not even it either. <laughs> you just look awesome. <laughs> but I do look like for an old dude. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> and you look great for a young chick. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Glad we got that settled. <laughs> We're all looking awesome. <laughs> It's all in the eyes to behold. Yep. Oh, it's amazing how beautiful the flesh becomes. And it's so funny because, you know, I've been talking about how how gnarly it is. Like, it's stinky. It, you know, it poos. And, it, and if you cut it, it bleeds. It's messy. It farts. It's like you have to wash it all the time. If you don't wash that thing, oh, my God. Right? <laughs> I just go a couple days without washing it. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> and 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 then just like this deep love and connection and appreciation for the flesh 
that goes along with that. You know, it's like, oh, you know, uh, when I smell someone's B.O. or something, it's like there's a sense of uh, some kind of like, ah, (laughs) thank (laughs) Thank you. Sorry, I shouted. (laughs) (laughs) You're sorry, you shouted. (laughs) I'd actually rather smell your B.O. than some of that freaking synthetic shit. I'll tell you that. The Irish Spring? You don't like the Irish Spring? Oh. <laughs> I love that bar so You love like that bar so yeah. <laughs> It smells like the Midwest. Yep. Mm, Midwest That's nice. Queen. No, uh, no I actually love it all. It all just feels so comfortable, like even the Irish Spring or whatever. I went in to take a bath today after my son. My son is into being really conventional right now. Um, he got all on board with all the stuff that's going down, um, with all the mandates and all that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, he, and, and then he, and, and then he's like coming around going, Hey, what the heck? I just found this out. Like, I don't know specifically what it is. I just found this out. What the heck? They were lying to us. And I'm like, well, yeah. The whole time he was going, uh, you guys are crazy. You guys are, you know, he's 20. He's like in his own, you know, energy. He's like, I'm going out to get that vaccine. Yeah, it sucks to suck like you guys. Sucks. <laughs> suck to suck. Yeah, it sucks to suck like you guys. You guys can't go anywhere. You don't want to wear a mask or get a vaccine. So you guys suck, right? <laughs> My son, you know, he's, he's, he's learning too. It's so, so fast that all of this stuff, you know, that we perceive in the world, it's the way we relate that brings it out. It's the way we relate on our regular day to day. All the things, no one has any power over us. It's all consensual. It's all totally consensual. Like, oh, okay, can we tell you this and have make you do this? Can we tell you this shit and have you go over there and be afraid? Can we tell you this stuff and make you get mad at those people? <laughs> can you can we tell you this and make and make you wish that someone was dead? That's a common thing. Right? People just all get on the bandwagon. That guy needs to die. I mean, when 9/11 went down, you know, that was when I was probably in my most worldly conditioned state that I could possibly be in. And I was pregnant with my son who is now 20 years old. And he <laughs> when he was born, I thought I wanted them to bomb a whole freaking society over there. A whole thing. I thought I wanted them to bomb it. A whole thing. Like, just based on whatever I was hearing, I was like, can they just, like, bomb those people already so we could be safe? I guess they heard you. <laughs> I guess they heard you because they did. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did it. Well, you know, that, and that's the thing. It's like all the people get on board because it's like it gets a, a, a mindset going. There's a certain mindset it gets going. At that time, I was completely blindsided. I had no idea about any of that stuff. I was like, I was just completely going along with whatever it said to do. And, you know, that's what basically, uh, it's a symbolic of going along with whatever the ego says about you. Okay, the ego, the ego just talks about you all the time. It seems like it's talking about other people. That's just, when I'm thinking I want all those people to be murdered over there, I'm not even thinking of them as people or anything like that. 
Like that is just like, so seems completely not personal to me. It seems so benign. Like what could it do to me? How could it affect me? Right. But that is taken to be all about you. It's like, blow me up. I'm not worth anything. It's all, it's all ego thoughts. No, there's no value. There's no value in this life. It's all just ego conditioning thoughts. And that's what is going around a cycle, just going around again. It's time for that again. Let's get them all uh, riled up. And that's what the ego does. And so you look at it in your more like a micro, so like in your own experience. How is the ego driving you to war, basically? You know, whenever it seems like someone's being antagonistic to you, that's a sign. If it seems like someone's being antagonistic to you, right then that's a sign. I know this is not easy. I know. I go through it too. Ugh. Ugh. Seems like they're really doing that. <laughs> yes. I had a moment that was so funny where I, I've been praying to like just show me my own mind mm-hmm. so that I can forgive it. You know, I remember mm-hmm. when I was saying that one time, like there was a car I liked and I looked at the car and I was like, I could just kill that motherfucker driving it and I could have that car. And I was like, damn. I was like, Whoa. Yeah, isn't that like, good to just see that? Yeah, I saw it and I was like, whoa, like, where did that come from? But then you can just laugh. Yeah, it's like, I'm exactly. not going to do that. No, we're not doing that. What? And then I had this experience <laughs> this week where someone was telling me fears about myself that I couldn't have possibly conceived. I mean, I did conceive it was the fears about myself being like turning into this cult leader and, and every single self-doubt that I've had about like, nice. how can I know that I'm innocent? Well, what if I'm just, what if this is all like the ego just taking, you know, the really dark places sure, where sure. it gets all convoluted and twisted. And it was just being told to me. And for the, one of the first times I was having this experience of like being outwardly, I was like, thank you. You know, because inwardly I was like, oh my God, like this is ridiculous. So everything would come and I would just get the feelings of like, yes, 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 I'm an evil warlord, dictator, manipulator. And what's that feel like? You know, and then just being with it. <laughs> Well, you are. That's the thing. It's like, it's like, I am everything. Mm -hmm. Like in this dream, I'm everything. In reality, you're none of that Mm -hmm. stuff. You're just innocent. But in the dream, you're everything. That's why it's making you nervous Mm -hmm. when you talk about that. Yeah. Even when you just talk about warlords and stuff, you're like this scratching your arm. It's like, I know I am one, but I'm trying not to be. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to act like I'm this sweet, cute little blonde chick right now. But I know I'm actually this murderous warlord. (laughs) (laughs) It is like like that. It's like you're putting on a mask. And and I know know where you're coming from on that. Because it is like you're putting on a mask. Because whenever you're identified as an ego, and that's all it is, mm-hmm. you're identifying as an ego, you're putting on a mask. Mm-hmm. So the ego is questioning you. What if you're not innocent? Mm-hmm. That's an evaluation that doesn't need to be. Yeah. That's just all it is. That's an evaluation that does not need to be made at all. You don't yeah. need to even go there. Because yeah. the ego will make you prove it. Oh, yeah, prove it. Yep. Prove you're innocent. You'll never be able to prove it to the ego because the ego will never see you like that. Mm-hmm. Remember, the ego can't see you. The ego can perceive the self you made with the ego. The ego is more of a device than a person or something that really has a personality. But it's a device that you set up to seek its life at the expense of your body's death, basically. Uh, the, more ego, the more bodies stack up, 
the more the ego is empowered. But that power can be erased in an instant through awareness. And it will be. It's just a matter of time before it catches on. Different people, different people, different people. I notice it. And I'm seeing my friends transform so fast. It's amazing. You know, it's like you could tell their tone has changed so much. They can't go back to that suffering. They can't go back to like, for instance, so-and-so broke up to me now I'm, with me. Now I'm suffering for five months over it. I'm feeling like I'm the worst. You know, I'm down in depression. It's like we can't even, you get to a point where you can't even do that. So, so with the, the sense with my dad, there was this sense of sadness coming up. But for me, you know, when I talk about sadness, automatically what I notice is people think of tears. For me, there's not any tears because there just doesn't seem to be a, a, a physical need to play out any kind of suffering because the suffering itself is ecstatic. So the, the sadness itself, it's welcome it's ecstatic and it's not a problem if there are tears i'm not opposed to it at all uh i notice a sense like maybe something's welling um but it doesn't get wet here you know it's just not it's not a necessity unless it does occur someone might look at that and go oh wait a minute why aren't you crying you know just like why aren't you making tears you know just like anything and i noticed uh when I, when the lava came and took our place uh we called it fairyland we had a like beautiful um place in over there and uh i would get the sense like there's a thought like i miss fairyland to take me up down to where i could start crying and stuff like that but there's not a need for it you know if there's a need for it there's a need for it you know i have friends that tell me you know right now i'm just crying a bunch that's awesome i've done that too what I notice is you don't have to manifest even a sad face with sadness. You know, it's like sadness is so uh, luxurious. That's what I find. Uh, you know, it's like you, you let it sink in and, it's, and it, it shows you, it reveals this deep, deep release. You know, we're all wrapped up, wound up really tight with all these thoughts in order to manifest a physical body. Is manifest even the word? I don't know. Um, it, it's a it's a projection. I mean, I mean, maybe if you I don't know what the actual definition of the word is, but maybe if you say manifest, people think there's an actual body there, but there's not. It's a dream. So as you're dreaming of a body, that body um, that you're dreaming of becomes ecstatic. It's an ecstatic sensation as it's purified of all these things, all these thoughts, these things that we thought about ourselves and, and mostly think about ourselves over and over again and don't see it. Kind of like with Haley's, are you sure you're not going to turn into something like that? Haley, here's the thing. So what if I do? Yeah. So what if I'm one of those cult leaders? Hey, maybe I'll be the first cult leader that makes a, that's a woman that makes people do sexual favors for her. You know, <laughs> maybe you I'll know? do that. How do you know? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll, whatever it is, it's going to be awakening. Mm -hmm. So I'm not afraid of it. Mm -hmm. See, why? What are you going to be afraid of? Mm -hmm. You don't have a choice in it. Mm -hmm. So what? What would there be to be afraid of? You know, people will say, "Oh yeah, I better be scared about that." You know, uh, all those cult leaders and gurus harming people and stuff like that. Oh, you better be careful about that. That will get you into the situation 
Uh, it's it's going to get you into a situation where you're perceived like that, as if you've taken advantage of people or something mm-hmm. like that, or uh, make it seem like that's what you really want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's uh, that's beneficial for you. <laughs> this is so sweet. Oh my god! Oh, he's a puppy. It's so soft. She threw a lot. I love the soft puppy. Puppy breath is the best thing in the world. Puppy love. Just simply in allowing your breath to go deeper and and remembering that is so huge. Oh, yeah, he likes that. (laughs) Deep breaths, puppy. Puppy break. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so cute. You know, just a just a deep breath is a luxury. You guys notice on a lot of occasions, you're breathing just to your chest. You're breathing just into your chest, and a lot of occasions, that just it occurs naturally because you start thinking about things. As soon as you start planning, thinking about your day, anything like that. So in just allowing yourself that luxury of allowing the breath to go deeper, you know, and then uh, basically watching it, You're, you know, you have to relax to allow your breath to go deeper. You really have to relax. It's like an internal relaxation. And some of you may or may not know this. It can go all the way down to the perineum. Yeah, that's the breath can go that low. And it's very, very relaxing. You know, uh, it might be fun to just lay around and watch that. Uh, the more you relax, the deeper it goes. It's not like you have to pull it, right? Just the more you relax, naturally the deeper it goes. So the deeper your breath is going throughout your day, the more you're feeling, the more you're aware, uh, the more you're aware of what's going on, okay? And if your breath isn't deep or you d- you're not willing you know, at some points you might notice you're not willing to take a deep breath because you don't even think it's safe to take a deep breath right now. You need to keep thinking, right? 
You don't even take, you don't even feel like it's safe for you to take a break when the mind starts spinning like that, you know, and this goes on all day long. You guys can watch it all day long. It's a really fun game. Like the mind will just be spinning about something and you just notice it and it just drops. It's great. It's amazing. But you know, at first it's scary to allow that drop. It's scary to allow it because it seems like it's not safe. What if you forget about that thing? What if you forget that thing you were thinking? Like say you're in the shower and oh my God, I have to remember to pay my Nordstrom visa. (laughs) Right? Uh, And then you're afraid that you're going to forget if you are allowed to enjoy your shower right now. That's the freaking game, you guys. That's the game. You could be thinking about, it could be a conversation. Notice how you have a conversation with a person and then you have to have it again, who knows how many times, in your mind. It keeps on coming back again, the conversation. Look it. Some of you might not even notice that's fucking happening. That is possible. Sometimes I say that and people look back at me like, yeah, because it's like, it's kind of like it's under the surface, but when you notice more, you notice more. Like, you know, the ego will speak very clearly. You'll hear it very clearly. Like, what it, what it asks Haley mm-hmm. about if she's going to be a cult member, yeah. cult leader, <laughs> taking advantage of a bunch of people. <laughs> Twist my titties for some wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> harder, harder. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, instead of being like one of those male ones, you're like, damn straight I did that yeah. shit. Yeah. my astrological chart and then the the vedic chart was thrown on top of that to legitimize it even more oh that's right <laughs> yeah yeah not, the, not it's that in garden star it's in the stars it's in the stars it's not it's the, the stars. garden variety like the whole oh right that's all i was getting at. yeah i have this experience where like the whole stars are pointing to the fact that you're an asshole oh that's great yeah that's perfect for you <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Heads up, you're an asshole. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, like we were talking about, uh, um, we, like, like we were talk- I don't know if I talked about it in here, but I was talking about it online. By the way, you guys, I'm online too. Uh, it's uh, YouTube, Wisdom Dialogues. Um, talking about how, you know, we're always, we're always setting ourselves up for getting exactly what we need. But in the moment, we think it's not what we need. We let, have a habit of doing that. That's why I was so grateful that I went straight to gratitude as soon as I fell on my butthole. I was like, as, as soon as there was a sense like going to just like being grateful, I was so, um, uh, you know, I don't know what, I don't know where it's going to go. Like when you get a shocking thing like that, because it was like, there's this sort of just relief right away. You just get a relief right away. Um, you know, the sense of being seen as an asshole, right? I was talking about that last week. It's like, you know, basically just agree. I'm an asshole. Like right away. It's like, you you know, this image that we made with the ego, it's made to be that way. Mm -hmm. And, And you know what? I love myself. I love myself like that. I'm an asshole and I love it. So there we are. Now what? Right? I'm not going to argue with it. I'm not going to argue about it, you know, with you, but I'm also not going to be ashamed of it. It is what it is. You know, if you're, if, if you're getting a perception that it's like that, then that's true. I'm not going to argue about it and say, no, I'm not. I'm actually, I mean really well. 
That's true. It's kind of like that teaching, is it so, is that so? Is that so? You know, you, uh, uh, you raped this, uh, this young girl, they told this monk, you know. You raped this young girl, and they accused him of raping a young girl. And, you know, he knew he didn't rape the young girl, but uh, he just said, is that so? And he went through the whole thing. He went through trial, you know, and then the girl was pregnant. Now she's pregnant, and, you know, they're like, you have to take care of the baby that, baby now. He's like, is that so? He's got the baby. He's taking care of the baby. He's raising it. <laughs> Later on, uh, come to find out, he wasn't the one. The girl made it all up. She told him, and she was later on uh, uh, older, and she goes, uh, she goes, man, I don't want that guy to suffer anymore. I made that whole thing up. She confessed. It was someone else. It was a boyfriend. She didn't want to get busted. <laughs> so then the baby goes back to the girl, and after raising the baby and everything, and just again, is that so? It's like that's the way. It's like using the experience for awakening when you use the experience for awakening you only use it like that there's bliss in the sense even with you know uh, noticing a foot blown up and having to pee for all that time and you know uh, and in a sense like there's this all this all this going on there's bliss in that that's what i found through that um last childbirth it was like 14 (laughs) years ago <laughs> you could say the body is made for suffering as you made it with the ego. It's made for suffering. But suffering isn't the same when you know what suffering is for. It doesn't it you don't even get the same sense with it. It's a blissful sensation. So when I'm talking about suffering in that sense, I don't know if suffering is really the right word because when people think about suffering, they think about misery. And this is not a miserable way. (laughs) We got a dog. There's a whole show going on. (laughs) It's about what's happening behind the curtain. I am I am reminded of, of some things that mm-hmm. I've noticed. Uh, one is that, say, if I have a sore on my on my foot, yeah, okay, I might not realize that there's a sore there. Once my brain realizes there's a sore there, then you get caught up in oh, it's hurting. What am I going to do about it? It's like that. It'd be really great to have the uh, control over things to say okay and then the pain goes away because the pain wasn't there until my brain realized it was there sure sure so that's kind of letting go and if you're able to to, to just kind of go uh, kind of uh, go back in time when I when I didn't you know it was not a significant pain uh-huh yeah. exactly it's not really there because there's more yeah. important things for me to do yeah there's and other things yeah. I can be doing uh-huh. And and the pain is asking you when the pain yeah. pops up like that, it's asking you to take a pause. Especially, you know, you can get a fearful feeling about it too. I know I got that with the big toe part um because it looked like it was getting infected at one point, you know. Uh, and just like using all of those fearful feelings to take a pause within that feeling. That's really all you need is to take a pause within mm-hmm. that feeling. Your goal isn't to 
physically heal the sore, although that could and will ultimately be an effect of all healing. Mm -hmm. But it's a mental healing so that you're not reacting um, unconsciously. Mm -hmm. You're reacting with a sense like, okay, this is a reaction. Mm -hmm. This is a pattern I'm I'm habituated to when I see a sore on myself to get this kind of reaction. So for right now, I'm taking a pause and I'm being with this reaction. That sense that you have a bunch of stuff to do, that's an ego sense too. You don't have anything to do because it's all future stuff. So it always comes down to this moment. And if you're listening, you're always being shown exactly where your attention needs to go in order for your awareness Mm -hmm. to open up, So in order for you to see more. So then in that, there's all this gratitude that goes to the Mm -hmm. sore on the foot. And in that, it's healing because there's not the resistance to it. Mm -hmm. And you're willing to feel it too. Your willingness to just feel it doesn't mean you can't take a a pain med or something. You actually don't have any choice in that. Okay, that doesn't mean that. You're just willing to feel whatever it is that it is. But you're not identified with the one that chooses whether or not you get pain medicine. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you're taking a step back from that one that seems to be choosing stuff on the surface. And you're just experiencing experience, whatever it is, mm-hmm. making none of it right or wrong and not having a judgment mm-hmm. about those things. Mm-hmm. Is that what you wanted to know? <laughs> no, I like, I like talking about it. Yeah. 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 Nice. So quick question. Yes. Complete. So, you know, similar, it's like, you know, you're like, oh, you could be the asshole with like the ego, but let's say someone that you're really good friends with, you know, like their partner just like, blows up at you because on your memeologist whole telegram, you put a video and they're like, oh my gosh. And like, totally crazy. Right. But so, you put a video that offended your partner? No. So my, one of my best friend's partner oh, okay. is also like one of my close friends. Okay. He's Australian. So he's a little bit more brutish and funny, but like sometimes he just goes after people. Okay. And so I didn't realize how serious this whole meme thing was. I oh man, I love of, like, memes. Austin, Ukraine, you know, Russia war of like the kind of, whatever. So that's pretty cool. Just leave. Yeah. I'm freaked out, but I'm feeling a little hurt. And I also love like the gratitude, yes, and I see my own wounding and the whole thing, and it's helping me bring more light, this and that. But now I feel the protection towards him. Like I feel a little less like I want to hang out with you. Okay. Yeah, well, that's okay. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's the a thing. That's a, just let all things naturally arise like that. Yeah. So you're, you're also embracing that because it's not you that feels like you don't want to hang out with him. You're watching a story. Okay, so you get these, you know, it's like the, all these things are directional. Your, your whole experience is being guided. Everything's being guided. So it's like that's, and, and you know, and allowing that to pass, don't hang on to it either. You might not, you might change your mind in five minutes. You might see the dude and completely, oh, I see how this is good for me. Give me some more of that. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Or, or it's, or just like, meh, not necessary. You know, you, you just, you feel like you feel attracted to, to certain people at certain times and it's all divinely timed. Even if you're just walking, uh, you know, in opposite directions down the street or driving and you see each other in the car, don't even see each other. All of it's divinely timed. So all of these interactions are perfect for you. So you get the sense like, Ugh, I don't want to hang out with a person who acts like that. 
you just let that be what it is. You don't have to, you don't have to personalize that. See, it's just, it's, it's just saying that it's not a problem, right? You don't have to personalize it into as should I be like this? Should I really be like this? It is what it is. So you get the sense of what it is and you watch. So you're just watching and you're curious. You're not coming to conclusions. Oh, because I feel like this, I'm going to do this. You're like watching. Ooh, interesting. I wonder, I wonder what will go down. You know, am I going to be drawn even closer to that person? Who knows? I mean, this is just yeah. fun and funny to watch. Yeah, it's just dating, a show. Dating is so good for that. Like two hours, like you see a person, you hang out with them, you're like, I never want to see that fool again. Two hours later, you're like, where are they? And, like, <laughs> hey. and it's like, it's true, 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 true. Like, you yeah. see that like none of it's me. It's like it's just yeah. pendulums all over the place. Right. It's like, wait five minutes, it'll change. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hate you. Wait a few, wait yeah. a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You're over it>. <laughs> <laughs> My son tells me, Mom. He's brought this up to me many times. I'm, I'm really curious if he's going to bring it up to me again because it keeps on getting lighter. It's just so fun. When he was younger, he was, uh, in a, he, was, he was a skate park guy, and he fell and hit his head on the skate park thing, and then he went into convulsions, and he hit his head a bunch of times. So he ended up getting airlifted on a plane, and we, I went with him, and we went over to Oahu, and it was just an awesome experience all the way around. Um, so he comes out of that, and, uh, and, you know, they just observe him a little bit. He didn't have to get a bunch of things done. They just observe him, send him home. And they go, oh, yeah, you should go see a brain, st- a brain specialist. And, um, and, and, you know, he heard them say that. And I'm like going, oh, yeah, he's not going to a brain specialist. That's not happening. They're not going to run a bunch of whatever they want to run on him. <sighs> We're out of the hospital. Unless he wants to go. I mean, that's how I was. Like, if he wants to go, he can go. Um, but he's like, nah, I don't, and I'll just wait. I'll just rest. They told him, if you just rest, you're going to be cool. No, I'll just rest. They rest. So now he's 20 years old and he's going, mom, I think that I should have seen a brain person back then because I'm screwed up. And I go, really? And he's like, yeah. And, and, and yeah, it's basically, it's your fault. And I go, oh, uh, okay. Well, if I'm taking credit for how you are, you're fucking awesome. So, uh, I'm just kind of like go congratulations (laughs) you're freaking amazing every day I look at you and I'm like what (laughs) and and this is the thing we get these we get these hooks there's like a there's like you ruined this for me like we get this sense like we're not good enough and immediately blame Uh, and that's a that's just a common condition and a lot of people have that when they're much older for their parents it's their parents fault that they didn't get that what they needed when they were younger so I'm noticing this play with my son and you know it's kind of been uh, something that he's brought up for some years now which I love because boy the first time I heard it the reaction was oh I couldn't even approach that reaction I'm like no I didn't fuck up my son's brain <laughs> I'm like oh I don't want that one. Oh, how dare you say that you know it's kind of like the knee-jerk kind of reaction it's like oh okay well okay that's awesome um and he's like he'd he'd tell me stuff like sorry mom I don't mean to and I go no I want you to no I like it I want you to say what's on your mind I like it um, and you know, 
over the years. And it just like keeps on getting lighter and lighter. And some things are like that where it seems to take time for them to go down, almost like we're playing with it, you know, almost like we're playing it with it and enjoying the um, opening and the closeness. And I see, keep on seeing like the closest with my son keeps on expanding. We keep on getting a closer connection um, as he will bring up, he's willing to bring it up because I let him, I tell him, yes, I say yes. To that I'm grateful for it see what goes on a lot is they'll just be quiet about it they're hurting and they'll be quiet and they won't say anything to you because you will react when you're the parent see you will react to that if they say hey you hurt me like this it's like woo don't tell me I was a bad parent especially when I have a parenting book <laughs> <It's> not cool. <laughs> Just check the book. I'm a great parent. Right. Read it right here in this book. <laughs> the book doesn't even fucking say I'm a good parent, but it is a parenting book. <laughs> I'm not trying to make that plain. It's, it's basically the it's called unschooling for parents and the subtitle is awakening with children and that's what it's for it's not for becoming a good parent it's for awakening with children I that with awakening with puppies yeah <laughs> well you know what do you have the book no it's in the car it's the same it doesn't matter Amazing. in fact anything that you everything that you birth is everything that you perceive it applies to everything you don't have to have kids even your friends um, yeah. You're speaking to my heart. I'm the only I know. It's so much fun. So, so you guys, uh, oh my goodness. Today, I have to go back to the sex thing again. I know sometimes people get like oh, trippy about that, but, uh, you know. Just not feet. Yeah. The feet, yeah. So, yeah, so there's this, there's this thing, that, and it keeps on coming more and more clear to me. It came more clear to me today in the bath um, that, you know, this drive to try to have sex with bodies, okay? Like, say you're getting a sexual urge, like a sexual inkling or something like that. When your mind goes to fantasy about bodies, okay, any part. Or anything. Could, like if you think a chair is sexy and you're getting that into your fantasy, it's really the same thing. Um, any fantasy in that, you're missing out. You're missing out. Uh, and I know this seems hard for people. And, you know, sometimes people get mad at me sometimes and go, oh, I'm keeping my fantasies. It's okay. It's okay. It's not, it's not bad. I'm not saying it's dirty or guilty or anything like that. I'm just saying you're missing out on a much deeper um, realization slash sensation that arises from basically that same kind of area. It's like right there at the perineum. And it's, a, and, and, you know, it's like, a, it's like this deep, deep sensual that has nothing to do with your fantasies. Whenever you bring the fantasy into it, uh, any kind of uh, body, someone doing something that you want them to do in the fantasy, anything like that, that makes it so that it's not allowed to go deeper than that, okay? Because it's like your mind, um, your mind closed it off. You know, I've been experimenting with this um, probably since like 2016 or so, where I was, uh, I was 
I was getting a sense of being sexually attracted to a person that wasn't my husband, too. Um, oh, I know. No, but I didn't think it was bad or anything like that, Jerry. I just, I just noticed, okay, what is that? You know, what is that? Maybe if it was for my husband, I wouldn't notice so much, but it was for a different person. So um, I was like, uh, what is that all about anyways? And then I was given some insight right there that it's driving you, it's showing you something that's deeper, deeper bliss, deeper. Um, Because when the projection starts going and it's kind of like body worship, it gets into some body worship. You cannot get the awareness where it needs to go within. So we're really wound really tight right there, like right at the perineum. We're, round, we're wound up really tight. You could say that um, in, the, in the manifestation, it's like a cluster of, of uh, compressed thoughts, and you can sense it from that area. And, and all the sexual attraction and everything like that and all, the, um, all of the sex and everything, it has nothing to do with this. It's actually a distraction it's having you distract, distracted. That doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Uh, it's not anything like that. And you'll have to wait for an inspiration to take one of those moments where you're sexually aroused. It's not like you have to do it all day long, all the time, but one of those moments where you're sexually aroused and see if you can get a different interpretation of that energy. And, you know, and then, and, and then once that occurs, you know that you don't even need like a penis or vagina. You don't need one of those. It's not necessary. Those things aren't necessary. They're just, they're, they're actually for distracting the attention away. And that's why, like I'm getting it, like in this point in time, that's why people are going for celibacy and stuff like that. But you shouldn't go for celibacy unless you're like, fuck yeah, celibacy. <sighs> Sounds good. Not that you even have a choice in it, right? Um, it's not like you can't still have sexual relations and also see this and realize this. I'm saying from time to time, when it appeals to you, it might be uh, interesting to check out. Just check it out. Just get a little bit curious and go, hey, what if I don't do what I always done with this sensation? What if I don't do the same thing that I've always done, which is go into fantasy about bodies or go grab a body so I could get satisfied here. Yeah. What was your, you, you've done celibacy. Yeah. What was your experience with the rerouting of energy? Well, uh, just bliss, mm. uh, total bliss. I mean, I just, I notice in the moment there's real resistance to it. Mm. There's real resistance to releasing the fantasy, but still allowing myself to have the feeling. You know, release the fantasy, but allowing myself, you guys, we are me made love to all the time. We don't see it. I mean, the, the, the blissful, beautiful, and it's like this, you guys, it's like this pulsing, flowering, unfolding. It's like, that's how I could describe it. It occurred to me just spontaneously in the back. You know, I was just laying there relaxing and meditating, and then all of a sudden there's a pulse. And there, and, and there it goes. And, and, you know, since I have been practiced at, at it, it was easy for me to just not project, not get any fantasy going, not get any, uh, anything going like that. And that is more than any, uh, uh, more blissful, more deep 
more sustainable than any orgasm you can get in the world. We have it all, all of it is within us. Like no one even does something for us when we think they're doing a sexual favor. Of course, it's like, thank you. You know, of course, it's like, thank you so much. Um, but, you know, all the physicality, that's not really there. What they're doing is paying attention to you. What they're doing is giving you some attention. That's what, you know, that's the gratitude. That's where the gratitude goes. And then watch how you use that as a distraction. See, it can completely change around where you're using that not as a distraction. Even in your mind, when you're having a, an apparent interaction with bodies, sexual interaction with bodies, even in your mind, when that's occurring, things are going on. Watch. Just watch. What you think you want. The mind going into fantasy. Very common. It's not anything to like be uh, judgmental about or anything, but just in watching and bringing yourself back again and again and again. Like not being so needy, like I need this external, uh, external stimulation. I need this more now. Like when people first start having sex, right? Like, oh, that feels so good. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it again and again and again and again. The, the, the thing is about, uh, about the same, it's the same, but it's much deeper. It really, you know, because, you know, when, when I think of like orgasm and, and, you know, leading up to it and everything, it is this pulsing. And it's kind of like you get in touch with that because you lose your sense of all this stuff. But getting in touch with that through fantasy, while it's great, it's really great, it's going to be a distraction. So it's just tuning your awareness toward that so you can see that and know that and then you don't have the need for bodies. And you don't get scared of the thought that says, uh, well, what if you can't move? What if you can't do this? What if you can't have this? What if you can't have this physical thing? Your mind is all powerful. You always have it. You always have exactly what you need. Yes, Rory. Hi. Yay. Yeah. It smells good. It smells good. Yeah. Like vanilla or something. Oops, oops, oil. Oh yeah? Is it the cinnamon bun one? You smell like the cinnamon bun. Have <laughs> you learned cinnamon bun? Huh? You gave, me, you gave me a cinnamon bun. Oh man. That's good. That's, oh, I love that guys. you wear that. You win. <laughs> <laughs> or the butter one? Yeah. Put that on. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, I have an essential oil company called Miracle Botanicals. You could check it out online. MiracleBotanicals.com. It's the best shit. <laughs> That's my story. <laughs> Yeah. So a friend was asking, uh, how do I get my kid to stop throwing fits in stores? He loves to throw fits in stores, and I'm just, like, so embarrassed, like, mortified that he's throwing fits in stores. And looking for any advice, 
How can I get him to stop throwing fits in, in stores? Or how can I be okay with it? So here's the thing. Those are the two that the ego gives you. Get him to stop or I'm going to be okay with it. Right? So it's like you have to do something. You know, basically, if your kid is throwing a fit and you're uncomfortable, that's the moment to be with that. It works out like that. You're watching your discomfort. What am I just uncomfortable about? People are looking at me strange. And I am afraid of their looks, apparently. Afraid of what looks... It just looks silly when you start watching it. You start watching... Well, why am I? This guy is expressing his emotional whatever it is. Honestly. Guy's like two years old. He's on the floor expressing it. He's uncomfortable right now. Why am I uncomfortable about that? That's the question, you know, like just kind of like watch that. It's, it's interesting. It's curious. You'll love it. You'll love being uncomfortable. Once you, once you realize that it's, a, that it's a gift. You know, I learned that when I was a kid because I was a missionary and I would go and I would sing in front of people and I would do different things and I fight, got myself embarrassed before and I was like, I love being embarrassed. And so I just kept on doing stuff to get myself embarrassed because it was, it was just so weird that I would get this reaction to someone else looking at me in a certain way. I just thought that was great. I still do. I love it. If I get a reaction to someone else seeing me in that way. So that's basically, I don't want them to think, people might be thinking, you should shut that kid up. Yeah, that's just normal. The ego's always talking, you know, like, yeah. And it's, and it's just like, okay, uh, my son used to throw his, himself on the floor at the store. I don't know why they love to do it there. I, I do know why. Because it's uncomfortable for people. That's exactly why. So my son's like, throws himself on the floor. He's laying there at the, we're at checkout and he's like completely on the floor having his whole thing. I'm done checking out, right? So I'm looking at my son and he's on the floor and people are looking at me and I'm looking at them and I go, uh, yeah, I guess you just like go around him and come right here and pay, you know, a few minutes, then he's done and then he gets up and then we go, right? No problem. For me, it's no problem. So my older son is there and he goes, he goes, wow, mom, you just have no problem with your kid just falling on the floor like that, having a fit. And I'm like, yeah, but I remember when I did have a problem with it. The thing is, I embraced it, though. I embraced that sense like there's a problem. I can't do any. What can I do about this? Uh, you know, it's like I can't do anything anyways. I'm not being moved to rip him out of there. So I got another I got another one of those. It was the best. It was just, oh, man, if only there was a video I could show you guys. It was amazing. So my son, uh, is he's 10 years old at this time. We go to the airport in Las Vegas, and he realizes that they don't have bagels, or they have bagels, but they don't have a toaster at Starbucks in the airport. He finds that out and he has total, he's 10 years old, total ah, cussing, fuck tar, Starbucks, fuck this airport. Just all the people are like shocked to see this. <laughs> this guy's going off. He's going completely <laughs> off. People are just like looking over. And, 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 uh, and so I'm listening to him. I'm getting the story because I wasn't with him. My, my daughter was with him. I have an older daughter. And uh, getting the story from him about what happened while he's screaming it out. And I'm like, okay, okay. Uh, okay, there's another Starbucks 
toward the, like, oh, there's another Starbucks toward where we're going. We can walk that way, you know, in the break between the screaming. He's like, ah, keeps on screaming, stops, stops again. I go, well, we could stay here. It's okay if we stay here and do this, but we might miss our plane. Then we're going to be staying here for much longer. So I go, you could still keep on expressing yourself, but we probably want to walk to the plane. Still, I wasn't like, we have to walk to the plane. I don't give a shit. If we're going to stay there, we stay there. Because he's having an emotional thing. It's only an emotional thing. It's an emotional ride. That's all it is. That's all it is. So we're walking through the airport, and he's screaming the whole time and cussing the whole time. Same kind of things. Fuck Starbucks. I hate this fucking airport. I'm never coming back here again. You know, and, and as he's walking, people would get surprised and look our way. And then I just look at the person and assure them that everything's fine. Just kind of like with my eyes, my facial, you know, <laughs> it's kind of like reassuring them. It's all good. It's like, Hey, what's up? <laughs> what's up? I'm with him. <laughs> he's having a thing. And I, and, you know, I was laughing. I, I, I kept on chuckling to myself too. Cause I was thinking, man, I bet a bunch of these people really want to scream that right now. Fuck this airport. But he's 10, so he can say it for everyone. Just like totally screaming down the whole thing. So so then we get, and he's crying. He's so bummed out. Like he just, you, you know, when you're 10 years old and you have your heart set on that bagel being toasted and they don't have a toaster, you're tripping out. <laughs> you're tripping balls. Now, most kids are supposed to, are supposed to, uh, uh, repress this feeling, especially if you're around people. And that's what the person was saying. She's like, how do I get my son to have his emotional reactions at the appropriate time? <laughs> how are you going to do that? It's now that it's her. This is what's alive. This is what's alive right now. This is how they express it when they're a little tiny kid. No, my husband, or my son, my husband, my son, 14 now. I haven't seen him do anything like that. He doesn't need. He doesn't need anything even close to that. It's easy these days. Just put a mask on the kid. <laughs> he does that by himself. He loves it. He loves it. <laughs> Just put a mask on. Don't talk under that thing either. <laughs> yeah, it's like they don't need that. They go through it, then they don't need it. They don't need to keep running the pattern. Because they're allowed to go through it. We were taught as kids, you do not behave like that in an airport or a grocery store. Okay? So we were taught to avoid our feelings. We were taught to not let them play. Now, as adults, we don't have to trip the fuck out in an airport and be cussing all the way down the thing. We can just feel our feelings. When you're a kid, you just don't, you know, you don't know. It's like, ah, and you're, yes? Yeah, my dad was a, a Delta pilot. Yeah. So I remember how, like, you know, it would be really, and one time I got my hand stuck in, like, one of those uh, revolving doors, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I just started screaming, you know, because it was, like, getting stuck and just getting, like, all, he got pissed at me. Mm -hmm. he, he grabbed me over, you know, and I was, like, you know, so it's just funny to hear these, like, conditionings of why yes. we have these deep shame around uh -huh. expression. Yes, exactly. And you know what? It's like, even if you're, <laughs> what do I do with this? Okay. Let <laughs> me love. Nice. Take care of the first thirsty puppy. 
Hey, Crunchy. Hey. Nice to see you. Fancy, fancy turtleneck. Fancy pants. Yeah, fancy. Special pants. Yeah. <laughs> Don't drink Coke water. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, I have no control so over this. it anyways. <laughs> Love this. This dog has excellent okay, taste. Yeah. yeah. Geralt's diner. Yeah, yeah. Right. Naturally effervescent, puppy dog, in case you were wondering. Oh. Naturally effervescent. <laughs> you know, and any expression, too. So if you have an emotional uh, outburst, just in embracing that expression as it is. Everything is for your learning, so you're not getting it wrong. You're not getting it wrong when you have an emotional outburst. You know, that's the thing we were taught. Oh, I shouldn't have been that way. It's like, no, I have, whenever I interact with, with anyone, I am receiving a gift and I'm also extending a gift. It's perfect. That's what that means. It's perfect. It can't be another way. We're all teaching and learning all the time. So every expression goes for that. It's only our doubt that our expression is perfect that makes it suffering over our expression or how we're going to be or act or say or do. See, if you just let your expression just be what it is, and, you know, you're, and you're at peace, then you're at peace with yourself, right? Just in allowing that structure, that ego structure of thought that you made to be itself. So that's basically extending love to it. It can only get love or condemnation. And that's, you know, up to you. Like, who's your guide? Is the ego your guide or is your spirit your guide? Your ego will always guide you to question yourself, to make evaluations. Why did you do that? Why did you say it like that? You know, when, when you hear the, the question, why did you say it like that? That's an evaluation. You don't need anything but to get your reaction to that question. Right there. You don't have to follow that train of thought that says, why did you do that? Look at your reaction to the question. Your reaction is always what's telling. Watch how you, you know, when you're, whenever you're having a conversation with someone, it's an energy play. So the conversation can get going, and if, it's tri- if it triggers something in you, you'll notice that the energy keeps on rising, kind of like up in a spiral, back and forth, back, back and forth. It gets like to a high intensity. And then my husband, he'll just tell me, hey, calm down. And as soon as I hear that, it's like, boom. And then I could feel it. The, then you can sense you, as soon as you take a break, you can sense how that got revved up. You can sense how things were seeming intense. Uh, you just lost touch with reality, basically. This is what goes on all day long, though. You're constantly losing touch with reality and coming back. It's the coming back that counts. Again and again and again. Until you don't need to perceive a, a body, physical body. So you don't need to perceive in, se- in separation. That's the whole purpose of it all. That's the whole undoing. The thing is, it gets better and better as it's undoing to where you don't mind. Kind of like that image of, uh, of, of the, the musician. I think he's a flute player um, dancing on the edge of a cliff with a dog nipping at his 
heels, but he's just happy, dancing, playing. You know, it's just, it's, it's just like life is like that. It's set up to be, uh, it, it, to have like pains, troubles, all this kind of stuff. It's like you keep on dancing through it, knowing that what it's for. Because when you know what it's for, you can use it all for the dance. And it becomes really fun. My dad even came into my yoga. I finally was open enough to invite him into my yoga. He came into my yoga and he was fabulous and he loves it and he loves me and there's no kind of judgment or anything like that and it never was about me in the first place. My dad was just scared that he didn't he wasn't going to go to heaven. He was scared that he didn't work it work hard enough. You know, so it, it's like when when you get the sense that you need to work your way to heaven and it's funny cuz this is a verse that we would always say, but it doesn't click in. It doesn't matter. You could say it all day long. It doesn't click in. Not by works of righteousness, which you have done, but by the grace of God, you're saved. Still, Christians, everyone uh, basically thinks they need to get there by works. What have you done? You know, what have you done? My dad was a missionary for 53 years, going around just like doing faith healing and getting people to ask Jesus in their heart and stuff like that. Just the one that just passed? Yeah. Uh-huh. Finally got there. <laughs> that's what, and, and you know, that's the, that's the thing. That's what everybody thinks. It's like, oh, he's going home to be with his heavenly father. No, that's not how you get there, actually. You're just coming back again. It's like, you're, you're like, uh, and you know, you're not even, you're not even coming anywhere. It's just like you withdraw your energy because there's no more teaching and learning to be done through that form. That's it. That form is done with teaching and learning now. Okay. So it's like the energy is withdrawn and then it, you know, there's a birth. Then there, then there's a birth. We do not get to what you call the kingdom of heaven, nirvana, whatever, eternity, by dying. Dying doesn't mean anything. You know, you get the sense that uh, you're, you get a great sense of relief. Don't get me wrong. It's amazing. You get an amazing sense of relief. It is awesome. Because now you're aware that all of those things that you thought were true were not fucking true. And that is the biggest ass relief ever. It's just that there's still the guilty concept, the thought that you separated yourself from creation. So there will be the sense of another body coming again and again and again, because that's grace. It's going to come again and again and again until you see that you made up that concept. And it's not true. The guilty self-concept. And you're going to see it through the life. So it's like, yes, it's again and again and again and again. And, and, and uh, there's, no, there's no end until you're laughing at it all. There's no sense that anyone is uh, doing it wrong or not going to get there because you know that you made them up at that point when the, the, after the death experience, there's a sense of, holy shit, I was dreaming. Thank goodness it was all a dream and no one's actually died or anything. Gosh, holy moly, all that horror that I put myself through. Yeah. <laughs> thank goodness none of that was real. Even the, good, even the good stuff, even the stuff that you thought was good, thank goodness none of that was real because it's way better, actually. It's actually way better. As good as it gets. And it gets really good. It's actually way better to the point that we're surprised. 
we're surprised when we find out. We're surprised after that death experience to find out. I mean, we can talk about it all day long right now, but when the death experience occurs, we're surprised. It's like, none of that. It's laughable that we took anything seriously. We could be clowning the whole time. Because there's nothing serious here. Nothing is serious here. We defend our viewpoints. What a waste of time that is. Gosh, if someone wants to argue about the, uh, a viewpoint, let them find someone else to do that with. Right? Uh, what do we want to use time for? That's the question. So we're always going to get whatever we're looking for. So if we want to use time for putting forth our position on something, becoming defensive, if we want to put our time toward that stuff, then we're setting ourselves up for more of that. But if we want to put our time toward using whatever it is to heal, we're actually making the time that we have on, uh, uh, on this uh, autopilot uh, virtual reality scripting thing, we're making the time decrease a lot. We're shortening a lot. Every time, it's a, every time there's a miracle performed, like what I was saying, you know, one of those, one of those where there's a miracle performed is like when you uh, get the sense like, oh, fuck, and you go to gratitude. That's huge, you guys. Watch the shift in your mind when that occurs. No. And then you go, oh, wait a minute. This is for me. And go to gratitude. If you think it's a, if you think it's a step back, the people like to look at what's on the surface and take that as evidence of what's going on. One of my friends was telling me that she was just sending love to the guy that stole her car. She had her car stolen. And then immediately she got a call from the police that they found her car. And she's like, oh my gosh, it worked. I sent love to him and I got my car back. But then after that, the car turned out to be totaled anyway. So then she's like, hmm. And look at, don't look to the surface of things to see how you're doing. Look to your calmness in the situation. That's how you'll know. What's the calmness? So you're not going, oh, I'm not going to try to avoid intense things that other people might think are intense and think I'm less spiritual if I go through this intense thing, right? Uh, but no, you're, you're more like, let me have whatever intensity it is in this way because this is what's ecstatic. This is how I live ecstatically. I take whatever it is and I use it in the, in the way for healing instead of trying to run from it or argue about it and it's all mental, you guys. It's totally all mental. Even the feeling is mental. It's mentally projected. It doesn't even mean anything. So when you get an upset feeling, it's an invitation to open up more, to expand more, to have more awareness, to let the love, you could say the love of the spirit to go deeper into your cellular structure, so to speak, even though it's all in your mind, even the cells. But it's like it's like it's pro, it programmed. There's a program in there for you to seek this, but you get it. You get distracted from seeking this, thinking that your salvation is something in the world. A lot of people have that twin flame thing. Gosh, if I only had that person, if I only knew what my purpose was. So this is what I'm talking about right here. 
if I only knew what my purpose was. One of my friends started shed a tear. Oh, the story. I'm 36 and I don't even have anything established yet. I don't even know what my purpose is. Uh, oh my gosh, that's so meaningless. Your tears are so fake right now. This friend could take it. She loves it. You know, those tears are completely fake. Those are ego tears. That's completely meaningless. What do you mean you don't know what your purpose is? How could it be anything other than healing? And if you have a challenge like that, where you're looking around and you're going, shit, everyone else seems to be on their horse. They seem to be doing, they seem to be going in the direction that they need to be going. What's wrong with me? You know, that's your challenge. That is your challenge. The idea that you're not doing it, that's your challenge. And that's where, and, and you know, when, when you see that it's given you so that you can recognize your innocence, you're going to be happy to be that one. No, I, I have no direction. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I have no direction. And I'm an asshole. I love myself. This is amazing. I mean, the feeling of this is incredible. This, you know, it's like you have all potential. You have all potential. You have the potential to be anything. So anything that you can get a perception of, if you can get a perception of an asshole, that's you. If you can get a perception of a person who's... Uh, unmeditative, let's say, that's you. Someone who's not compassionate, that's you. All the potential that you can get a perception of, that's you, but not really you. It's the self that you made with the ego. You made the self with the ego for, uh, to encompass everything, every possibility, okay? That's why they say the whole world is in a mo molecule like that. It's like every single thing that you can get a perception of, you put there, that came from you, it's a depiction of the self you made with the ego. So whatever you think you see in the world, that's actually bringing back to you messages of what you wanted to see, what you thought you wanted to see. So in the moment, you can change your mind about what you want to see. You're asking for a different interpretation. So you get the sense that that person is being rude, let's say. Let's say it's rudeness. You're getting the sense that the person is being rude. In the moment, you're getting a reaction to rudeness which you're projecting. You're getting a reaction. Look at that. It's great. It's, it's magical. That reaction to the, to the rudeness turns into nectar, turns into this nectar. And you're actually thankful that the person was fucking rude to you. Can you do that again? They can't unless you need it, though. That's why I wasn't afraid to tell my son, no, like my, my son would, would feel like, man, I don't want to be that mean to my mom. I'm saying mean things to her. Basically, I'm putting her down. I'm making her into this terrible mother. I don't want to do that to her, even though I think it's true, right? And it, so he'd come and apologize to me. I go, no, no, I like it, really. But mom, I saw that you got upset. Yes, but I like it. I, I, I do. I, don't be afraid to express yourself to me. Let me know. You know, let me know whatever it is that's on your mind. And it's like, I mean it. And at the time, I, I do feel hurt, Right? I know my feelings are not meaningless though. Meaning, I know my feelings are not meaningful though. So I can feel hurt and be glad about it at the same time. See?
And that changes everything. And it might be going over time. Like for me, I've seen this thing unraveling over, I don't know, like five years or something like that. But that's such a short amount of time in the scope of things. It's such a short amount of time. And the thing is, it gets better and better and better. I don't have to be on edge. The more I hear some shitty thing about myself, the softer I become. See? Uh, No, don't try to hold yourself back. If you have something shitty to tell me about myself, please feel free. Right? It doesn't... I I know it's not about me. Thank you. I know it's not about me, and that's why I can keep on holding the space for it. As long as my family or someone um, needs to tell me something or a friend needs to tell me something, I can keep on having the space for it. I don't understand that. If it's not about you, who's it about the other person? But you say we're directly projecting that on the other person. Yes, it's a, it's not about you, but it's giving you what you need. You want that feeling. Their perception of you is not about you. Their perception of you is completely about them. That has nothing to do with you. Your reaction to their perception is the thing. Okay. So you're using it for that instead of the distraction part of it. Instead of letting yourself get into all that distraction stuff about, you know, what they're, yeah. Why am I projecting this? All that kind of stuff. No. You decide right now what's good for you. What what will I accept for myself? So you just got a feeling that someone's rude to you, for instance. You can embrace that feeling and go deeper with it. So you're going to have, no, I'm not going to have it like that. I'm not going to have it like I've been victimized. I'm going to have it like this is exactly what I need right now. And I'm going to use it just like that. I'm not going to make it into a victim situation. So it's like you decide, you, you, you say what stays and what goes. So you get that this person was rude and you decide whether you're going to hold on to the person was rude to you. Or you're going to get an interpretation that's ecstatic with it. Any of these upset feelings, no matter how mundane they are, even if it's a little bit of uh, of distraction, frustration, irritation, anything, it's all for leading you to that ecstatic sense that's always there. Like I'm, I'm saying, it's like the spirit is constantly making love to you. There's like a pulsing opening, flowering energy, kind of like at the core of this thing, the way we've set it up, it's super ecstatic. We're always looking for other things because we don't have the emotional intelligence. This is all it is. It's a most, this is an emotional journey. Nothing is here. Nothing is here. And this is the only kind of psychotherapy that really gets to the core of things because you're going Nothing is here, yet I'm reacting to it as if it is here. And that's what shows you, it establishes that you're making it up and forgiveness becomes easy for you. A lot of us don't realize what forgiveness is. And sometimes people take whatever, whatever I say and just make their whole own thing about it. And it has nothing to do with anything I say. I know that. It's okay. It's an energy that I'm sharing, Okay. Um, so my, my dad's most recent wife, which is a sweet little lady from the Philippines. I think she's like my age. She's really cute too. 
Um, and she sends me this thing because she saw my post. I think English is probably her second language. And she got a sense that I need to forgive my dad. So she sent me something on forgiveness. So I watched it and, um, and, and realized, okay, this what she's sending me on forgiveness is not really forgiveness, though. That's not really forgiveness because it's holding on to an idea that he actually did that for me. He actually did that to me and I'm forgiving him for it. That's totally different. That's actually repression. It's not forgiveness at all. Because you see, the way the mind is, it can not forgive someone that harmed it. It's impossible to forgive someone that harmed it. That's the way it is. It has to be established in your mind that what you thought happened actually didn't happen. Otherwise, there can't be any forgiveness. The mind can't do it. We only pretend to forgive. Okay, you, you did that, but I'm really benevolent, so I'm going to forgive you for it. <laughs> Is that like kind of like a, been a, I've been trying to kind of watch that, like an energy play that, because, because the mind's holding on to it, it, as if it really happened, there's still a charge, then it's going to want some sort of energy play. Totally, you're scared. Yeah. You're totally scared it's going to happen again. You know, you're totally scared of it. You have not embraced it at all. Uh, but, but this is good. This is what we want to see. This is what we want to see going through a, an apparent life. We want to see these things pop up. We want to see how we're afraid. We want to watch those things. Instead of watching the show on the surface so much, you start caring less about what's going on on the surface or what's going to become of you or your stupid-ass purpose. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know, it's funny, you know, you know, it's funny. Some people, some people just know, like at the beginning of their life, they're like five years old and they're like, I'm going to be a scientist. And then they're just a scientist. And you know what? That's awesome. That doesn't mean that's for you. Like you're actually exactly perfectly fit in as you are to be what you are, even if that looks like a total screw up. And, you know, I'm talking to you, too. If you happen to be listening, I don't think anyone here is, like, strung out on meth uh, that I'm looking at right now. Um, but if anyone's listening to me and you've got, like, heroin, meth, I know all those kinds of things, cocaine, things that, you know, people say you're really bad if you do or something like I'm talking to you, too. It doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters. You don't have a choice in what you find yourself doing. You have a choice in what you're going to make of it. Okay. And so you have a choice in what you make of it. See, we get really distracted thinking about what is the right thing to do. Did I do it right? Right? Uh, so, and, and you know, a lot of the things that we think we do that people might not approve of, we kind of like hold that back. Like, don't want to say. That's why I'll just say things. You know? That's why I'll just, I'll just say stuff. Because it's like, uh, it, it's like, it's just... Let's get it expressed. It's kind of like, okay, we'll uh, line these people up to express stuff around people who don't express stuff, you know, um, and, and just be, and just in being real and honest. A lot of the times what we're trying to do is, watch this, you guys, is get the person to get a particular uh, perception of us. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I like that the way they're perceiving me. They're perceiving me as if I'm, um, more open spiritually than most people. So I'm going to play into that role a little bit. I'm like the opposite of that. I love to show that I'm not the way 
that I, you know, I might think I want you to be, see me. I love that because I'm demonstrating it to myself. I'm demonstrating it to myself. You know, uh, just like, you know, someone might think that, oh, hope she doesn't get in any kind of sadness or something like that. Like, no, I get sadness all the time. I love it, though. It's different. It's different than how most people practice that. I mean, if you look all throughout the day, you're getting upset feelings all day long. They're just arising and passing. So you can use those upset feelings like nectar to get the get to that ecstasy that is who you are and it's constant and it's ongoing and it doesn't come to an end it's like a river constantly flowing never has an end sometimes i go gosh can i just let him know how i feel no not really <laughs> I mean, I, I do, I, I do some uh, pointing to it, but uh, this is the thing, and this is why the the, the sages they like, say, "Hey, do you miss sex?" Someone say, "Hey, do you miss sex?" No, it's like I'm making love all the time. I don't need that. See, that's not saying that it's bad for you. Again, this is kind of like opening your awareness to, wow. This is actually symbolic. This act that we do with two bodies, it's actually symbolic of what's already available and so much deeper and so much more ecstatic than anything we can get by rubbing bodies together. As beautiful as that is. As fabulous as that is. I notice sometimes when I'm with my husband and I'm just like, have my arms around my husband and just in noticing that's not real. It doesn't make me uh, repulsed by it. It makes me deeper into it. it. Like we're sharing, we're connecting. Like even when we're just having a hug or a smile or a conversation or anything, we're sharing, we're connecting. We connect through mind though, not through body. But, you know, I know the sense. Like and I put my arms around my husband it's like, Oh, I kind of like melt. I get nice and soft. I'm like, oh, it just feels so relaxing. You know, even mothering, right? And in noticing what it is, it doesn't make that any less awesome. It's still really awesome. It's just that there's no fear of losing this thing. You just enjoy it in the moment. See, it underlies everyone's pleasure is fear of losing that which we find pleasurable. I had one guy ask me in Wisdom Dialogue, hey, don't, I was talking about needs, how we don't need anything, but don't we need sex? And I go, what's going to happen if you don't have a penis? Then you can't reach enlightenment? What? How could you need sex? How could that be? We make these things up. And the funny thing is, the ironic thing is, when you realize you don't need it, when you do engage in it, it's that much deeper. Because it's not like you're rejecting it either. It's not like you're saying it's bad. You're just acknowledging that what you need to feel like that is coming from you. That's all. You're just acknowledging that. You're fully present, right? You're fully present. 
Yes. Yes, exactly. You're present for the experience and all the pleasure, everything, it goes deeper. And you know, it's like you could you could look at it like this just to play with the words. You can look at it, there's pleasure and then there's joy. Joy has no opposite, pleasure has an opposite. You know, the pleasure, the opposite is pain. That's always coming with an underlying fear. Oh my gosh, what if I what? Get too old. What if my vagina dries up? Then what? right? There's all these fears. And these guys, you know, it, it's funny because it does play on the mind. It does play on the mind. Oh, I better get this while I can. It's like, <laughs> because your mind, you got this forever. And this is how you are. This is how, this is you. You are this ecstatic bliss. So hooray, everyone. Does anyone have questions? Hmm. Yes. How long do you feel would be recommended for self-esteem? I don't have anything like that because it's totally in the moment. There is no time. It's totally in the moment. You might get the sense that, okay, you know what? I'm going to do celibacy today. That sounds fun. As soon as I, are you guys, are you guys boning up? You and him? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Just for some context. Well, say it's him. Let's pretend it's him. Uh, you're like, you're like, man, I really want to have sex with that guy right now. And you're like, let me just see what that, you know, you know, it's just like, you feel inspired, right? You just feel inspired in the moment. <laughs> and who knows that like, like in my case, I found myself telling my husband, I've been with this guy 28 years, 28 years. And like, probably, I don't know, like 22 years in or something like that. I was like, you know what? I'm celibate now. And he's like, well, I'm celibate too then. <laughs> that was just like, <laughs> like that. And then we were, and then we were both celibate for a while and then we weren't. I mean, it just like, um, I wasn't even really trying to, uh, practice that at the time that I did go celibate at that time, I was actually, um, feeling really resentful and disappointed and pissed at my husband. I didn't fucking want to have sex with him. So I didn't fucking do it. But I just, when I, when I explained it to him, I just said, Honey, I feel like being celibate right now because I knew all those feelings and all those things that I was thinking was just the ego playing games. I didn't know for sure if it was going to turn out that I was going to still be with him. I didn't know. But I was also going to take care of him and not try to make those feelings about him because I knew damn well they were not about him. It could have ended up that we were going to be um, separated and, if, and it would have if that was what would be maximally beneficial to both of us. Right. That's not even up to me. So for me, I just go, you know what? That doesn't appeal to me right now. I'm not doing it. And I was okay if my husband was like, well, that doesn't appeal to me because you're my wife. And as a wife, you're supposed to be putting out. Then if he wanted to jam out, that's cool too. Right. It's just an open hand with honesty. It's like, I'm not going for that right now. That just feels, oh, I'm not doing that. Oh, did it come back? Yes. Is it awesome? Yes. It's more awesome than ever. It was bound. I knew it was, I knew it would be that way, whether it was with him or another partner. I knew it would be that way. That was obvious. Just because the work that's going on, it's opening up you up for more. You know, by that time I already knew I was like, well, it doesn't matter how any of these relationships go. I mean, any of them, it does not matter. This thing about trying to hang on to them and stuff like that. No, 
Let them come and go. You don't know. You, when you try to design your curriculum, that's your curriculum, your life, what you call your life. That's your curriculum for awakening your mind. When you try to design your own curriculum, you fuck it up bad. Okay? You, you just go through time not, not learning shit. You just go through time not learning anything. Because you're trying to design your own curriculum. And you just allow people to come and go? Then your curriculum is up to your spirit and you don't have any part in it at all. You can just enjoy the bliss. I know if, I know if I'm not the kind of broad for him and he's cruising on, there will be another one if that's necessary. And if not and I'm alone, I'm freaking stoked. The end. <laughs> any more questions? <laughs> all right. Yay, everyone. I love you. HopeJohnson.org, okay? You find all my stuff there. Essential oils, my book, Unschooling for Parents, um, videos, podcast links. You can leave me a donation. You can talk to me and say, hey, Hope, I want you to talk with me on the phone or I want to come over or I don't know. Yeah. Play it by ear. All right. Mahalo. I'll be here every week from now on. Yeah, until something else changes. Yay. (laughs) I love you. Ahoo-y-ho.